Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the FPL Masterclass. I'm your host, Heydar Obani. This is Game Week 8. I hope you've all had a wonderful international break. We're back, Rob. We're back for another round of the FPL Masterclass. How good does it feel to have football back, Rob? I actually have quite enjoyed the week off, if I'm honest with you. No, it's been a nice little bit of a detox. But uh, no, we're back and uh, we're talking FPL. Yes, we're back and the international break is finished, or as I call it, the international holiday or the international rest or the international snooze. And we're back to the real stuff now, back to our football club and back to FPL. So a kind of difficult week for many managers last week in game week seven. I was certainly one of them. I didn't have my most stellar week, but I think now we are ready to talk wild cards. And this whole show is going to be about the wild card break breaking into that squad, finding ways to get rid of players who are misperforming or maybe players that you just don't fancy anymore because they haven't got good runs coming up and bringing in talent that are either going to pop in the next two or three or four weeks or actually have those runner games that give you a kind of solid foundation to build a brand new squad. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got your team up here. So if you're listening to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we have Rob's team from game week seven. So Rob, we're going to go through it. You've got 33 points. And if you're looking at the average, the average was uh, about 38. Um, so you were below the average. I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty terrible game week for for most people. And mainly reasons why, Rob, is you look at your bench, you know, the, the likes of Torres didn't play again. A lot of people have Torres. Cancelo got zero. Uh, Antonio didn't provide any returns. Lukaku didn't. I captained Lukaku as well. I, I did my wildcard last week um, or the week before. And Salah really is the only one that gave you returns with 13. But having a look at the side, really, Rob, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty poor 
poor, you know, sort of return for you. But you know what? The, the average was only 38, so it wasn't that much of a loss, was it? No, five points below the average, and I had 10 points on my bench, which is always a bit annoying. Uh, the differential for me in terms of being below the average here was certainly the Manchester City factor. So Concello getting me a big fat zero. Thank you very much, Mr. Concello. But, of course, week to week to week, he's had an incredible performance. He's done well. He's, getting, he's obviously getting those assists and those uh, performance uh, stats. Torres, we talked a lot about Torres in terms of being the, the false knife for Man City this year. Um, hasn't played the last three games. Not quite sure why. Don't think it's been performances because when he has been in the team, he's actually played quite well, but maybe hasn't been scoring the goals. City have now got options. So this is the final week that you'll see Torres in my team. I've decided uh, to kind of bite the bullet. Plus the fact that he is now carrying an injury. I think he's only a 25% chance of playing this week. So you see my team here. I'm still in the top echelons of the game. I think top 4%. I think I worked out earlier on around kind of 300,000th around that figure. So that's still good, I think, for game week seven going into game week eight. Kind of quite comfortable there. But now it's about how can you break that squad up to find your way into, say, the top 100,000 and then maybe into the top 50,000 because this is what the game is about. It's about being as high up as possible. So here is the big reveal. So this is what the show is about this week, about what have we done, what have I done here for our team here on the FPL Masterclass. Yeah, absolutely. The The main part of the show, guys, is we're going to talk about Game Week 8 wildcard. Now, I used mine last week, Rob. So before we go into your team, I'm just going to, talk about mine so i went with your strategy and i went with 2.2 million in the bank as well and uh bye-bye manchester united players <laughs> no luke shaw he went out bruno fernandez also went out so you know that was a that's a large chunk of your of your budget that's you know just over 17 million that you can have to spend on players i went for the chelsea defenders i know you've got to think long term but i went for alonso obviously he didn't play on the weekend chilwell did obviously that is my luck um i went for cancelo as well so i went and i took out uh Soufal. And uh, I can't remember the other player that I took out, but it was more of a budget player that wasn't doing much for me. Livermento came in as well for Hoover from Wolves. So I have now I have a full back five. I have Simakas there. He'll he'll probably not play much, but he's on the bench. And Semedo as well. I also took out Martinez, the goalkeeper, and brought in Rea. So my two goalkeepers are 4.5 and 4.6. I've got Sanchez there. And then the midfields where really sort of uh, I made quite a few changes. And Dallas went out for Rafinha. And it's a bit of a problem for me this week. Rafinha has gone, obviously, to Brazil. He had a really good performance, but we don't know if he's going to start. Um, and then Torres. I kept Torres, but I took out Bruno Fernandes, kept Kovacic, and went for Smith Rowe as well. Now, he he came off the bench for me, but I think with Arsenal hitting some form, it looks like a good option. Salah really is a player to have, Rob, isn't he, this year? I mean, I'd, we're all both United fans here, but I don't think there's a better player in world football right now on current form. He's he's absolutely spectacular, and he's every person should have him in the team. And uh, I mean, there's a good question here saying, you know, um, Smithrow and Bumo from Brentford. And Bumo is a great shout. He scored again, didn't he, Rob, um, the last game week? And then I went for Lukaku and I took out uh, Danny Ings and then kept Antonio and Tony. So I'm really happy with my squad, Rob. This is actually the first time. I didn't have a great return last week. I, over the average, I got 41. Um, but I'm really happy with my team. I like the balance of it. I really like the fact I've got 2.2 million in the bank as well. I've got a few issues with Torres, Rafinha and Lukaku all doubts for the next few games but yeah I'm really pleased what, what are your thoughts on that yeah it's a good squad I think that 
as uh, your squad kind of gets to a maturity point in the opening part of FPL, I think in game week five or six, and it's kind of when you know that the players that maybe you've had a punt on that don't work, maybe there's some value targets that are now available that are going to give you bigger points returns. I think Duffy is one of those players that a lot of people have gone for. And then you saw, obviously, in the early weeks, Simicass getting performances, getting points, even an assist, I think, in there because of Robertson's injury and obviously Trent being injured as well. The way I've looked at it in transition for my squad this week and kind of compared to yours is that I'm, I'm trying to make sure now that I have a full squad of starters. So everyone in my squad is a starter at their club as a bona fide player. So even with my more budget players, so Liveramento, obviously you mentioned there as well, he's starting game for Southampton. Southampton have got an excellent run of games coming up. So he's a guy that I've kept because even if he's on my bench, I still feel that he's going to get performance points. It also allows me in the weeks ahead now to have got a full squad of starters that I can play my bench option, my bench points, and play the whole squad in a squ- in a week to come and hopefully then capitalise on players who are definitely starting who might then get extra goals and assists. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's go through your team. Let's go um, player by player role because I think that's a great way and we'll, we'll take a deep dive into it. So let's start with the goalkeepers. So Ramsdale's come in for Schmeichel. Talk to... Talk to us a little bit about that because Arsenal are improving. They're getting clean sheets. Uh, they will also probably face quite a few shots. They're not a, a top top team in the division. I think Ramsdale could be a good differential. Absolutely. And that's why I've gone for him because I think I said only two or three weeks ago that if anyone was picking Arsenal defenders or goalkeepers, it's only because they're an Arsenal fan and not because they know anything about FPL. So here we are, just two or three weeks on, and what's Rob done? He's gone and bought the Arsenal goalkeeper. The reason for that is obvious, is that Ramsdale's come in. He's now the starter. He seems to be the starter in terms of going forward for for Arteta. And he's got three quick clean sheets out of four. He looks really steady. Arsenal's defence has sorted itself out. They look steady. And this is now about price differentials. So we can talk about here about Ramsdale, but also talk about the player that's gone out. So the player that I've sold is Schmeichel. Now, I said this, I think, a week or two ago that I was thinking of selling him. The main issue for that is that he was £5 million. Now, I think for some people, I might look at £5 million for a goalkeeper and not see it as a, as a big deal. But I think if you can bank that 0.5 or 0.4 in your pocket during the wildcard week, that means you can go and buy a better player in the outfield. So... Again, Sanchez, I think, is just one of those players at Brighton where he's going to get clean sheets. And even when Brighton don't play well, he's going to make lots of saves. 4.5 million, it's just a no-brainer. But Ramsdale's there now. I think if Arsenal have a run of games where they push towards, say, the top four, the top six, and they cement themselves in that area, somewhere in that bracket, I think you'll see that Ramsdale's going to pick up a lot of points very, very quickly. Yeah, I definitely agree on the Schmeichel point. We had a little conversation off air, but New, um, not Newcastle, Leicester, very, very difficult to, to sort of pin down at the moment. Leaking goals, really only Jamie Vardy, and we'll talk about him a bit later on when we talk about striking options, but only he's really the one performing. So I, I think that's a good move. Um, and you've got nice, two good keepers now that you can rotate. They're both budget as well. You, you've got some money to spend elsewhere. Let's talk about this defence, Rob. So Trent Alexander-Arnold in for Simicast now. Uh, it looks like Trent might be fit. Um, I need to I need to actually have a look into that myself because if he is, then I, I will probably be bringing him in, him in as well. Um, 
but uh, you look, you can't really go, you can't get better than Trent Canyon in that defence at the moment. He's he's been truly a great threat this this season for Liverpool. Yeah, how do you maximise your back five? You know, this is kind of what I'm looking at always with a wild card. Uh, we talked about Trent at the start of the season and, and kind of questioned about whether he was a true premium. Now, we know that his numbers do reflect that, that, that when he's getting assists and when he's, he's helping the team, there's no doubt about it that Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to get you returns. But it's also about Liverpool's performance. You know, are Liverpool getting clean sheets collectively? Are they scoring goals freely? Well, for me, seen every Liverpool game this season and Liverpool look like Liverpool again. So that's not particularly great for being a Man United fan and not really wanting Liverpool to do well. In FBL terms, it gives you a good barometer as to what you should be doing in that defence. So you can see in my back five here, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I've really stuck with the other bits that I've got. So even with this wildcard week, um, the big upgrade there was Trent. So Timakas at 4 million, I think, has kind of run his race. Fine as a bench and stash, like you said. You know, I think if you're in that position, he's still okay there. Because let's be honest, if Trent doesn't play in the next game or two or something like that, then Timakas will be the one playing. So you could get kind of lucky there. However, Klopp has already said, I think on Wednesday, that Trent is fit. He's training. He's ready and has been for a little while. So there's no real issue there. Still, FPL have him listed as doubtful, as they do, I think, tend to run into the running for the weekends, especially after international breaks where they're not quite sure with the up-to-date info. But I think with Trent going forward, I'm now thinking next five, six, seven, eight game weeks. Trent at the moment is number one on the ICT list, meaning that across all of the metrics for threat, for creativity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He is number one in FPL, number one of every, out of any position on the pitch. And he hasn't even played every game. So I think that tells us a lot about his potential in the next few weeks. But with the rest of my defence there, just to kind of touch on it, I think Cancelo's still an easy pick at 6.1. Cresswell takes all the set pieces at West Ham at 5.5. Marcel, we we talked again about him a couple of weeks ago, bringing him in 4.5, not particularly a risk. Livermento, I think, making up numbers at 4.1 is a really, really good budget buy. Rob, I want to drill into Marcel, actually, because he was someone I was thinking when I was doing my wildcard, do I take out Semedo and bring out bring in Marcel? Because, you know, by that stage, you know, the last few game weeks, I think he's got about 20 points. So he's had a really good return. There is talk, though, that Aignori is back and he is probably going to take Marcel's place. So that's definitely one to have a look out for because I think Semedo will probably keep it. But Marcel is probably the one that's more expendable for Wolves. Yeah, potentially. I think the, the most important thing here is to have a backup that you're happy with. So if Marcel is in my starting team, you know, I quite often go with three at the back. So I would at the moment probably go with Trent, Cancelo and Cresswell. They would be my starting three. So Marcel would not be a kind of bench and stash. He's still a player I would intend to play in future game weeks. But that's where you can see what happens with the team. You know, is he going to start games? And if he doesn't, then Livermento, I think, is starting plenty of games for Southampton and they've got an excellent run coming up. So it's about balance, again, about having five defenders that you feel you can rotate in any kind of order and you can just lean towards the fixture list. And the fact that I've got, I would say, two players there from premium teams, you know, genuine top four sides, and then maybe one who is playing for a top six side in Cresswell, that gives me a bit of a comfort factor. I still feel that I can get not only clean sheets from those three, but then you're going to get all those extra points for assists and set piece taking. You know, I think with with Trent and Cresswell, 
you know, they take corners, you're always going to pick up those surprise points if they're in your team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's key to notice as well, Rob, that you haven't got one <clears throat> centre-back. They're all full-backs or wing-backs, always. which is uh, yeah. the, way, the way you play the game. And you and you talked about Chelsea players as well. So there is definitely an opportunity here to bring Chelsea players into this run. It, because Chelsea got a fantastic run now coming up next six. You know, it looks a really, really solid run for them. And, you know, you can see obviously just from the, the graphic there that I've got two Chelsea players in there. And I did think about the third being a defender. The issue is just fitness at the moment. So Rudiger has, has got issues, problems at the moment. I think the... Aspelacueta looks like the most surefire starter. Alonso and Chilwell now look like they might go into proper rotation. Very, very difficult to pick which one which week. That puts me off having either of them. I think Chilwell could be a kind of differential in weeks to come. And then you've got Reese James who's coming back as well. So there's plenty of value in that Chelsea defence, but only if you get it right. You know, and you, So that's the one reason why, looking at my back five, I didn't go for Chelsea this week in a defensive capacity. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, I bought in Lonzo only, only in last week, but if Trent is fit, then I'm making that change because I've got enough money in the bank to uh, to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Rob, let's move on to the midfield. So, we're going to start with Townsend. Now, Townsend was someone I was toying with last week. I really wish I'd brought him in now instead of uh, Rafinha. Him and Decore are two players. I want to I wanna know why you've gone for Townsend instead of Decore because they're both had great returns this season. I mean, Decore is going forward and Townsend's just benefiting from the system. But uh, you're taking out Dallas. It was time to take out Dallas, wasn't it? I mean, Dallas for me, I took him out and I really thought he would, uh, he would really build on what he did last season, but he just wasn't, he just wasn't, he hasn't been as adventurous going forward, has he? Uh, So it's been a bit of a, bit of a shame really. Uh, And I looked at Leeds' fixtures and I just didn't really like the feel of it. So I think early on, there's lots of people had players like Bamford. I think Rafinha is probably the best pick so far, but as you highlighted, he's been an international duty sack, could be a problem. And when you look at Leeds, I don't really feel attracted to any of their defenders or anything like that. You're looking at someone who can give you a differential. So Dallas is the player that last year, I think, surprised everyone. I had him in my squad for quite a long period of the season. Um, a defender at that point who was getting lots of assists, playing much higher up the pitch, obviously leads his high-pressing style, benefiting him. He's been slightly more conservative this year, and I think that's affected his numbers. It doesn't mean that in weeks to come he's not going to score points, but you just talked about there about Townsend. I've gone with Townsend and not Decoro. Decoro, unfortunately, is one card away from a suspension. So that puts me off straight away. I look at that. I look at the cards and I say, no, thank you. But he himself has had a really, really good season. But also going with Townsend is what you said there is systematic, is that Townsend fits Benitez's system. And I do think that in weeks to come, when Everton maybe get back up to full strength and maybe Dominic Calvert-Lewin starts to play and maybe is more the centre forward, is that Townsend in a wider role, as he is, will benefit from that as well with assists and having strikers that he can he can provide for. Um, he's having a kind of best ever FPL year so far, and that's because he's playing. He's an important player at, at Everton, much more important, I think, than maybe Evertonians would have hoped. But uh, he is uh, someone who will get you goals and assists if he plays in a certain position. And for me now, he is one of my two budget midfielders. I've really ripped my midfield up this time to be able to accommodate better talent. So Kovacic, I've stuck with because I think at 5.1 and the surprise factor that he does play games and he is scoring goals and is being a part of the squad system, I think that's fine at 5.1. 
But Townsend is now my other budget pick. I think at 5.6, there's other plays you could go for. Damari Gray. You can well, look let's at bring in a player because there's a comment here saying Rafinha is a must-have. You're playing a wild card. Also Son. Maybe not Son. Let's talk about Rafinha. But I think the biggest uh, black mark against Rafinha at the moment is the fact that he might not play because he's just travelled God knows how long to uh, to come back after the international break. The feeling is that Rafinha will not play. So that's that's one kind of mark against him in this wild card pick. Funny enough, obviously, someone else in the comments spoke about Smith Rowe earlier on. And in my original draft, when I first did this and kind of ripped it up, he was in my team. So I actually had him in my team rather than, I think, Townsend. Similar price, I think around 5.6 to 5.7 million. I went with Townsend because I think he's just a more of a surefire assister, someone who's, who's going to do that. When you look at Arsenal's team at the moment, there is a chance that Saka will be preferred over Smith-Rowe. Now, Smith-Rowe's played a lot of minutes and has done well and did well in the last game. I think the, that was, was it the Liverpool City game? He got goal and an assist. So, he, you know, he's showing that he's got the form. And I think at that price range, there's no real risk. But I think Kovacic being at 5.1 is just much more upside. Playing for a team like Chelsea, who you expect to win more than they lose. Arsenal can be a little bit up and down. But you're saying there, what was the, the question about Rafinha? I think that, when you, again, when you look at the balance of the five, Rafinha will have definitely really good game weeks because he's as good as a striker, as a goal scorer. Is he the right player to have this week? I think in terms of the full selection and looking at the fixtures ahead, the answer just at the moment is no, but certainly put him on a on a, on a list of, of a watch, watch list, keep, him, keep an eye on him. He's the kind of player at that kind of price range that you could be attracted to. Absolutely. Rob, we've got some uh, love here from uh, Matthew in the comments saying, hey, Rob, big fan from Jamaica. You should coach Manchester United and players number 6-2 to be a player coach. He's also a fan of me, so thank you, Matthew. You should play alongside Rob and make a new McFred duo. I think me and Rob will probably do better than McFred, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, so thank you, Matthew. And Matthew's saying, so we're going to move on to, let's move on to Foden, Rob. And Matthew's saying, you know, uh, one-week punt this weekend for Farhan or Foden. Farhan's not going to play, Rob, and he's also losing value. Nine. Uh, he is. And so uh, when you're having a look at it, Rob, uh, Foden, great goal last week. And, uh, you know, with Farhan looking like he's injured, Foden is going to be a good differential, in my opinion. Yeah, I think during the international break, Torres showed, I think, for Spain, he's, he's a very good player. No doubt about it. He really, really is. And he would have played a player I would have liked to have kept. But he has been reported as injured. I think he's only got a 25% chance uh, uh, opportunity of playing this weekend. So I get the feeling that looking at City's midfield, that there will be full rotation there and that they'll they'll play someone else through the false nine. And I think that player will be Foden. So we saw for England, Foden looked great um at times um but i think also looking at him coming back into the city setup and looking at the role that he'll play i think the fact also that de bruyne is back in the team in terms of that creativity it will allow foden to potentially go and play the false nine so torres's kind of loss will be foden's gain and it's just also a little bit sometimes hader about a vibe you know when you watch a player and you just think hmm it's like he's about to pop he looks good and Foden looks mobile. He looks like he did last season. And, you know, one season last year, I think he was City's top scorer for the vast majority of the campaign. And that's a team that won the championship. So he's not a player that I think is a risk. I think it's just a case of when, where do you fit that 7.9 million in? And do you kind of sacrifice other parts? So we're going to talk about the attack in a minute. 
But for me, I've kept Foden. I brought Foden in and kept him here. This is kind of what I want to do with Man City's players because I think even if he's on the bench, he comes on, probably has influence. But bringing Foden in has allowed me to bring Jota in. So that is the big kind of win for me. And you can see across that five there, Kovacic, Salah, Jota, Foden, Townsend. I think that's a five I'd be happy to go with, even in game weeks where those clubs that they play for might have difficult fixtures. And Salah's proved, doesn't he? You can just play whoever you, every week, make him captain, and he'll get you it's 20 points. Against, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's emerged yeah. now as uh, he's a must-have captain. I mean, he just he scored against City and uh, got an assist, didn't he? So he's he's just unbelievable. Absolutely. And I get why some will pick Ronaldo. You know, I think there's there's people will kind of say at that price range that Ronaldo's the player to go for. Um, I think there's issues there in terms of Manchester United and their fixture list, which is what we've just touched on. But Salah is, I think, the kind of the cornerstone of this game at the moment, the game of FPL. Because even at 12.6 million, he's the super premium. You know, that's that's as almost as expensive as it gets. I think Ronaldo's been downgraded to 12.6 this week, obviously for his, his blank last week. But it's about partnerships. And I think Salah and Jota and Trent, that triple of Liverpool for me, I think will probably be the foundation of my whole team for the rest of the campaign. I do think that Liverpool are City's biggest rivals for the title this year. I think they're going to be a, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to get lots of points. You know, again, I don't want to say that as a Man United fan, as a football journalist, I can say that with a bit of neutrality and apply that to FPL. So I think Salah and Jota going forward. I did nearly look at Mane as well, but I think again at eleven point nine, Mane was just a little bit too expensive. And I think Jota again, even off the bench uh, this week, I think Firmino didn't travel with Brazil. So there is a there's talk that he will be the starter for Liverpool this week. Doesn't matter to me. Jota comes on for half an hour, he still gets you two goals. So I feel good about that. Well, when I say good in FPL terms, not in real terms. But I think Jota, Foden, Salah as a core, and Kovacic and Townsend as your extra midfield pieces. I love that balance. I mean, Robert, the, the game last week is so awful as a United fan to even say and admit. But that was some of it was it's breathtaking football, wasn't it? It was. It was unbelievable. It was such a good game for the neutral. Obviously, great result to all for, for for us. I mean, you know, I'm not even going to put us in the title. We're we're, we're a million miles away. We're not as well drilled, but you're looking just at the, the both of those sides. They were yeah, they were yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbe yeah, I, mean, just I just want to touch quickly though, Rob, because cool. we obviously mentioned Grealish last week. I think Foden's emerged for me as the city pick and field instead of Grealish. Yeah, I think just at the price. So so I think Grealish is the same price. Um, Two things, just to kind of mention there, just that you were talking about, two separate things, but I think worth mentioning. At the start, the start of the season, I said about Grealish, and we, we did actually a show about, is it time to buy Jack Grealish? And Jack Grealish just played plenty of minutes for Manchester City. But as I said, I think in our preview show and into game week one, one of my doubts about Jack Grealish is not about his talent, it's about his returns on a consistent basis. So he's played plenty of minutes for Man City this season. His returns are not the returns of a hundred million pound player. So in real terms, that's a problem for Man City. But in FBL terms, for us, that's also a problem. But you look at someone like Foden at seven point nine million, and I think that price is kind of almost a little bit, kind of taking the mick out of him a little bit from FPL. You know, I think FPL don't look at you know when they took a, the the top scorer for Man City last season from midfield at seven point nine million. Yes, he was injured. Yes, he didn't play games early on. But now it's a kind of almost feels like a budget buy. And the fact that it allows you to buy Jota as well uh, in a kind of budget range or mid-range 7.6, I 
I just think that that is kind of crazy. Just to kind of finish that off on the Manchester United point, I'm always asked, why do you not put United players in? And it really was kind of coming up to this crossroads of game week six, seven, eight, where I felt that if United didn't get those early points, I didn't really want United players in my team because I was probably going to sell them. So Ronaldo, Bruno, all of these players, Luke Shaw, you know, I think other play people had players like Mason Greenwood in there. Then you had, um, obviously, people having Jaden Sancho coming into the team. Well, if there's a player I would have, it would be probably Mason Greenwood. A absolutely. But if you're going to buy into Manchester United, let's say, for instance, next two or three games give us confidence in United for their future fixtures, the play you might want is Marcus Rashford. So that's the that's the wait and see factor for me for United is that Mason will always score your goals every now and then even if he plays small minutes it's not a it's not a big deal for him but I think the shape of United if United have success say in the next six weeks might well be the fact that you see Ronaldo through the middle Bruno is the 10 and then you look at it you'll see you'll see Marcus on the left and Jaden on the right and that means Mason Greenwood will play less minutes and have less chance to score. And at 7.7 .7 million, I think he is from memory. I don't know how I remember all these prices, but kind of I always do. I'm happier with Foden at 7.9 and Josh at 7.6 at the moment as a buy-in than I am for Mason. Mason can still get you gluts of goals. We know this, he's still got to score goals. But I'm looking at Marcus. I think Marcus might be the guy that lights United up when he comes back in. There's lots of talks behind the scenes from Carrington that he looks great. You know, he, he's fit, he's firing, he's he, motivated. You can see it from the pictures, Rob. You can see he looks... He's also... He's not been rushed back, has he, as well? I'm quite happy that we didn't see him before the international break. He'll be eased in a little bit. I think Marcus could be... Yeah, could be a differential this season. He's going to play... I think he'll be a substitute against Leicester, and I think he'll get minutes against Leicester, maybe only 15, 20 minutes. Um, but... You know, we, we might even see in those 15 minutes a performance value that we've not seen from other United players. And if that's the case and people want to buy into United, uh, caution is advisable at the moment, but it could be Marcus. He might be the one player that you go for, first of all. I'm not touching Manchester United players, Rob. You know, in the not past, yet. we've seen... No, I'm not. I'm avoiding them. That that run is uh, is is horrific. So, Rob, let's move on, though. Oh, there's a comment here, actually, from Alan saying, the reason why I sold Greenwood was he's rarely, if he's ever going to play as number nine, and even if Pogba moves back to the pivot, he's battling Rashford and Sancho for starts. It's pretty much what you said. I think you, you could see Sancho emerging, Rob. Um, I think he's I think he's on the cusp of... Uh, he just needs that goal or assist, I think, and he's just going to gonna fly. He's looking more and more settled. He had a nice little cameo the other day. But, Rob, let's move on to... Because we've mentioned Kovacic and Salah, so let's move on to the forward line here. And uh, before we discuss um, Huang, because I think he's a great uh, he's a great differential, and I think he's been very very good. He's been getting goals, but it's a question here saying Armstrong as a differential striker as well. Did you consider him at all? I did consider him, and I think that again his run of fixtures look really really good. So yes, there's no harm at all going for Armstrong. I think he he doesn't really have the wow factor for me, even at the price range. So. Southampton themselves are kind of hit and miss team. They've done really, really well, obviously, in the bigger games that they've played in, better performances than people thought. But I went for Huang. But I think, again, this week, for me, the big striker question, and this was the, the title of our show when we publicised it and put it out, was, is it time to get rid of Lukaku? Now, I, we only did a show, I think, a week or two ago saying, is it time to sign him? So this is the question that I posed in this pick because there are certain questions to be asked about Lukaku 
and the front three that you choose. And then also questions about Timo Werner and whether it's a wise choice at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rob, let's talk about Huang first, then we'll we'll finish on Lukaku um, and Antonio. But uh, do you think that are you are you a bit concerned about taking out Danny Ings? Um, yes and no. And the reason for that is that Danny Ings has still got thirty points in his own this season, but he hasn't scored a lot as well. Rob, he's very consistent. He has been for the last few years. He, he's 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 the player that when he has barren spells, that I'm I'm never particularly worried. But no goals in the last five at Southampton wouldn't have really worried me. At Aston Villa, it, it worries me for a bit because I just think Aston Villa themselves are a little bit hit or miss. Um, and at least at Southampton, you always knew that he was the guy on the end of the ball, always. So he's uh, had, I think, more assists this season as well than he generally does, or he's kind of playing more in the channel than, than the centre-four position every week. I'm not worried about Danny Ings, but it was an opportunity here to move the money around. So he's, again, a player that I think that Villa do well. Danny Ings will get points. And he hasn't not got points. He's not failing. But as it stands, you know, kind of stuck with Antonio because the guy just just as incredible for West Ham. His returns are, are right up there with any player in FPL. He did it last season. He's doing it this season. He's not the, the fittest guy. He might not be the guy that plays all of the minutes, but he starts every game. He just gets incredible returns. So the attack is kind of based around him. And, you know, we'll t- as you said, we'll talk about Lukaku just at the end of the segment. But I think Huang at 5.6, I think three goals in his four appearances for, for Wolves indicates to me that he's going to get opportunities. And this Wolves team, they're a sleeper hit at the moment. I know they've not really done anything, but all of their attacking metrics show that this is a team that intends to attack. So we talked about Marcel earlier on, and the reason why I'm sticking with him is because they just play this crazy high high press right up the pitch. You know, they play with wing backs, they play with forwards playing in channels, and now they've got Jimenez back. And I think Jimenez is the guy that, that might keep that Wolves attack ticking. And like we saw with Jota at Wolves, Wang's now playing that role, the Jota role at Wolves, and we know how well Jota played it next to the centre-forward. So, uh, you know, it might be a kind of more of a wide forward, might be that uh, traditionally that way. I think he's going to get striker numbers. Plenty of goals. Those two up top for, for Wolves, they're going to be the main goal scorers for that club this year. And they are an attacking side. They're going to have lots of attacks this year. 5.6 million. I don't think there's another striker at that price bracket that's a kind of almost guaranteed starter playing for a team that has incredible attacking mat- metrics. And yeah, Wolves might only end up mid-table or below, but that guy's going to get goals and assists. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable value, Rob. I'm actually quite surprised how how low he is. And the only player I can think of, uh, and, and Brentford, it's probably Brentford's uh, Ivan Tony, Rob. I'm thinking closest. But again, he's 6.4, so he's still... a 0.8 uh, million, you know, more expensive. But did you have any uh, sort of any um, temptations to bring in Raul Jimenez? Because he started to hit some form and uh, he's he is the main man in that attack. He is the, he is the focal point. Just I just ignored him because of the price. So obviously before his uh, catastrophic injury that he had in previous campaign and obviously didn't play any minutes after that, his kind of, I think, price range is based on on what he previously did. Now he's a great striker. I think that that he's again a guy who who's going to get points every week or 
or going to be the guy that that gets Wolves out of tricky situations, maybe in those one nil and one one games. But I just think at the moment it's again about balance. And when you look at my front three, it's I kind of bit the bullet with Lukaku this week because he's carrying an injury, so that's still recorded on FPL, and he did miss. Belgium's second match because of muscle fatigue. That was what it was reported as. And it's trying to find a front three again, as I said at the start of the show, that all play every week. Guaranteed starters almost. So funnily enough, the guy that I brought in at Chelsea might be the least of the guaranteed starters, I think, in Werner, when you look at this this selection. But I think Huang's going to play games. Antonio's going to play games. And it was trying to find a striker that will give you kind of more differential at a better price category. The question I've got, Rob, is uh, <clears throat> maybe two questions. One, if you weren't on the world using your wild card, would you have taken out Lukaku? Would you have just would you have benched him instead? Because obviously you take him out and then you'll, you'll lose points. And uh, or the second point is, uh, you know, if he had a knock, would you have taken him out? So you know, that's the sort of the two part question. No and no. You know, that, this, this is how I play FPL. So if I do FPL kind of slow and slow and sure. I kind of try and double up on my transfers. So I try and wait one week and try and do it over a two-week period. And in this scenario, I would not have sold Lukaku in a kind of normal game week with just one transfer, two transfers. He's, he's, he's too premium in the sense that he will get you goals and he still will continue to score goals this season. What I've tried to do is balance my options. So I've still got two Chelsea options in there. And as I said, I, I would like a third with the defender. However, looking at the current state of play with their injuries and kind of the rotation, there's issues there. Now, Lukaku might well play this week and he might well score a hat-trick. That could happen. I've got still £2.1 million in the bank after this uh, big kind of revamp. And it means that I've I've kind of got him in a, and I could well bring Lukaku back in. I might even bring Lukaku back in before the deadline on Saturday. There is that chance, that opportunity. But I just look at it and I think to yourself, when you look at Werner, Timo Werner became a little bit of a joke last year, didn't he? Couldn't hit the target. When he did score, he was offside. You know, just a bit of a kind of damp squib. One thing Timo Werner did do last year is he won the Champions League. Not that bad of a player. You know, not too much of an issue there. And when you saw him play, I watched him play for Germany the other day, and he looks like the Timo Werner from two years ago. He looks like a guy who's coming in from wider positions, kind of sniffing around the box in more in a more intelligent way and hitting the target. Now, he got a brace for Germany. Funny enough as well, Kai Havertz got a goal in that game as well. And and they both look very comfortable in that system, obviously, for Germany. But I think with Timo Werner this season with Lukaku in the team, even if Lukaku is fit for the next match, he plays as the nine. Werner is playing in the channel. And that suits Werner. It means he's got threat inside, so he can play the ball in. He can get assists that way. But it also means that with Lukaku on the football pitch, it exploits that space and allows him a little bit more room. Now, last year, he didn't have that. So certainly under Frank Lampard, he didn't have it. And when Chelsea went to a more defensive shape, they were playing more on a counter and Werner was having to run more. This year is a little bit more balanced. I think Lukaku's numbers, I think Lukaku will score goals and there's there's every chance that I bring him back in. I did also flirt with the idea of having Werner and Lukaku in my team. I did one kind of uh, mock draft of this where I didn't go for Foden and I didn't go for Jota. I had more budget picks in there and I went for Lukaku. 
Lukaku coming out of my team this week has allowed me to go with Foden, Jota and Werner. So that's a kind of treble. Again, it's more, it's more balance, Rob. More balance of players who start, who score goals, who get assists, who get man of the match awards. And I just think with Werner, it has to happen for him at some point. You know, I think Chelsea, I've got, you know, the next six look really, really good. So Lukaku might score in all six of those games. They're against opponents you would expect Chelsea to do well against. But it could be Werner who's the guy who who really gets appreciates that run of games and plays in and around the box. And he just, like for Germany, he was just hitting the target. He just thought he wasn't doing that last year. That confidence wasn't there. It looks like it's come back for him. So for me, again... If he doesn't start and say doesn't play, I don't mind if he comes off the bench for Chelsea against Brentford. I think it's a good option. I think he would still score goals. But then as you look at my kind of bench options here, you've got my my team up. Townsend, Marcel and uh, Livermento as my bench options and obviously Sanchez goalkeeper. I look at all four of those and I'm happy because if any of my other players drop out, I'm happy with any of those four stepping in. Absolutely, Rob. Just my final word on uh, Timo Werner as well. I think one of the underrated aspects from this season is Lukaku's come in. Lukaku's taking the pressure. Lukaku's in the limelight. He's a focal point. No one's talking about Timo Werner. Last season, everyone was laughing at Werner's, you know, misses and etc. But I haven't heard anything about Timo Werner. He's sl- slowly under the radar. And uh, I think that's probably going to help Kai Havertz as well. You know, Lukaku's come in and he's a big signing. But I'm waiting for Kai Havertz to explode because when he does, he's he's going straight into my team. But it's, it's not quite happened for him yet. He's, he's, still, he's still finding his feet. The problem for Kai Havertz with FPL, and now this is the thing, right? This is like I said at the start of the game when we started doing the FPL shows, is that there's the real world game and then there's FPL. Kai Havertz has played a lot last year as a false nine. This year in FPL, he is a midfielder. In game week one, before Lukaku had even joined Chelsea, before it was a thing, Kai Havertz looked like a good bet because he was going to play as a false nine. Now Kai Havertz is never going to play as a false nine. He's going to play as a 10 or in a more midfield role. Now, he still might thrive in those positions. But essentially on a football pitch, in real-world terms, him and Werner play similar positions. But Werner is one of the strikers. So I think that Werner's going to be the guy that gets the goals and gets the assists and and has the up factor. In the comments here, someone's put a you know, brave decision, bold decision with Werner over Lukaku. And it is just today. But like I said, I might change my mind on Friday because I might look at it and it might be Werner who's the guy who doesn't look like he's going to start. He might get a knock today in training and Lukaku might be fit. So I might revert back. But it's about buying into teams at the right time. That's the way I try and do it. So for me now, I'm buying into Liverpool. I'm still keeping my Man City contingent. I'm keeping a strong Chelsea contingent. I'm turning my back on United. I've never had United anyway, but I think a lot of people now have seen that Bruno is not going to offer the same returns. He'll still score goals. He'll still get you points. You know, he'll still be certainly in your team and and be important. Will he take penalties now? That's a big thing. Uh, But I think when you look at your core of your side and who you've got, the budget picks can actually be the core of your side. You know, Antonio can be a core fixture. Someone like Cresswell, if he still gets you points from set pieces and Cancelo, these are all affordable players to work with your premiums. It's more now about balance. That's why I use my wildcard. That's this week why I've done it. I think it's a 20-point haul. So if I'd done this without a wildcard, I'd have lost 20 points this week. Obviously, I'm never going to do that. I know a lot of people do, which I think is crazy, but it's certainly not worth doing it. Use your wildcard now. We have another wildcard in January. So people who are new to the game 
when a lot of people started watching this show because we decided to do it and they'd never played FPL before. So, you know, FPL, you can thank us for that. But the rules are is that you use your wildcard now and you get another one in the January transfer window. So this is not really a risk at game week, kind of what we now eight. And we're going to kind of game week. 9, 10, 11, 12, going into the Christmas period. Then you have got another one. So even if this wild card doesn't quite pop for you, I still think there are enough starters to actually play them and then make changes going forward. And you could easily bring a Lukaku back in. You could easily bring a Ronaldo back in. Just make sure you bank a few pennies. You know, so I think I've got 2.1 million. And then you've got some flexibility in the next one or two weeks. Absolutely. Guys, thank you very much for joining us today. Do hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, share it as well if you're on Twitter, give it a retweet, share it with your friends. We are back every single Wednesday, uh, Thursday actually, for this show at 6.30pm. And also, Rob, we've got the Masterclass on the weekend, haven't we? Manchester United are playing Leicester, so make sure you do check that out. Check out the last one we did as well. We discussed uh, three reasons why um, Ronaldo's introduction hindered Manchester United in their victory, so do check that out. Uh, Rob, you got anything to say before we wrap up? No, I just think in, in FPL terms, you know, be bold with your wild card, but also be kind of use the metrics. Yeah, look at the numbers. Don't just do it all on emotion and feeling. Too many people play FPL for, for choosing players that they like. Choose players that you don't like, but get the points. There's no better advice than that, to be honest with you. And and, and any United fans who don't want to put Liverpool players in, Mo Salah is the best player in the game. He's probably the best player in the world right now. You're crazy not to have him. That's my final word. Have a great evening and we will see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.